top shelf fantasy. All right, what's up, what's up, Shelfies? This is uh, Craig, Scott, and Dow's coming at you. Uh, we got uh, Top Shelf Fantasy crew. Uh, go ahead and uh, uh, listen up. That's his 199, podcast 199. We uh, we got some running back rankings, quarterback rankings today. Way too early, way too early. But we are going to talk about it just for fun because uh, there's not much else to do right now. So we're going to go ahead and do that. Go ahead and check us out on our website at topshelffantasy.com. Uh, find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at top, top shelf FNTSY. Uh, I did get that right, um, thankfully. It kind of almost didn't. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say let's get into it. Um, not much news. That's what we were talking about beforehand, trying to figure out what it is that we're actually going to talk about. Uh, for news and I don't think anything's happened yeah not since the last pod I mean this it's been slow it hasn't been anything of note so I guess we just get right into our rankings all right so we'll start off with quarterback make you guys yeah. wait for running back <laughs> or you can or you can skip right through I you know it's up to you but these yeah are well, we should post the time for them online like hey if you want to just <laughs> yeah. listen to running backs it's uh 24 minutes in <laughs> so knee jerk right away right after the draft Nothing else to do. Rankings for quarterbacks. So number one, I think, I'd say it's obvious, but if any Pat Mahomes truthers are out there, they're gone. <laughs> or you shouldn't be. Josh Allen, number one quarterback. Yeah, there's nobody holding a candle to Josh Allen right now and what he does on the football field. So I think it should be obvious. And if you're picking anybody else as your first quarterback off the board, you're, you're making a big mistake. I mean, he's done it two years in a row. Yeah. yeah, I know you I go mean, back to Mahomes was one a couple years ago. Then Lamar was one a couple years ago, but they're ne- they're never the one consecutive years. Josh Allen is. He's the offense. He's the running back there. He's getting ten plus rushing TDs a freaking season, running for close to a thousand yards. Like, there's no one else you want, and, and this team is a high powered offense. Like, yep, we've seen Mahomes struggle. We'll get to Mahomes too, but Mahomes loses Tyreek Hill. Lamar lo- loses. Hollywood Brown, like Josh Allen's only gain stuff. That's it. Yeah, and this is this is actually so top heavy too. Like this is tier one, and I do I really believe tier two starts at rank two. Like I think it's that yeah. far of a gap this year. Where I think don't know where year, Josh Allen goes, but this is just how I feel. Yeah, I I think even last year you saw, you know, the tier of Josh Allen, Kyler, Mahomes, maybe tossing Lamar Jackson there at four, and that was a tier either top three or top four. It was tier one. Now it's goes back to the CMC days where CMC was a tier one RB and then everyone else was there. Like Josh Allen, I think, is alone here. You can be cute and put someone else up there. And sure, they might hit at one, but if you're not taking Josh Allen as a safe bet, QB1 off the bat, I don't know what you're doing. Yep. Agreed. So number two, our consensus across the board, we all agree. We put him as number two, which is Justin Herbert. It's not even what we were talking about, those other names. It's Justin Herbert. And and he's come on. He's got a cannon. And he's got his weapons. Like, Mike Williams stepped up big last year. Uh, you have, obviously, Keenan Allen still there. And Austin Eckler has been just so gold for him in fantasy purposes so that he can pad those numbers. And I think that's really it puts him at two. Yeah, and we, we typically talk about these top guys uh, having a, a large impact on the ground, and that's how they usually kind of catapult themselves into this upper echelon. But Justin Herbert had a number two overall quarterback finish in fantasy last year on the back of only three touchdowns or three rushing touchdowns. Uh, that's fantastic. That means that he did most of it with his arm. He threw 672 times, and alongside him, Austin Eckler had a great year. So there's no real reason to anticipate any sort of negative regression out of Justin Herbert as he continues to get more comfortable in the offense, add weapons, and he's really got a continued force behind him coming from last year into the next one. So I'm excited to see what he can do. If anybody was going to push Josh Allen, I'd guess that it's Justin Herbert. I don't think he's going to, but I think he has the best shot at it. Yep. And then uh, going over to number three, uh, which is where we're starting to see a little bit of breakup in what so our funny. rankings are. It's so different right now. I mean, it, again, these are very early too. Yep. So it can be changed. And, and I do want to say to like, we're ranking it based off of what we think looking at rankings right now. We're not doing any stats. We're not doing anything yep. like that. But it's good to do this. It's like, like, all right, 
Dow says this guy higher. I have this guy way lower. Why is Dow's higher? And he could say, why is, all right, that makes sense. Like That's the best part of doing these early ones because we, we can all talk as a group and say, all right, that guy does deserve to be up more. That guy does deserve to be down more. And it's it's just, it's somewhat of a little bit like bias rankings and perception. Like it's just, yeah. there's no, it's surface level, no, nothing. And that guy's this is, team. he's going to be good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's going to be top 10. So it's Kyler Murray is number three. So I have him at three. Scott has him at four, which is closest than Dallas has him at six. I'll say why I have him at three, and I believe it's the reunion to Marquise Brown. And I think that um, while, yes, Hopkins is going to be out for six games, I don't think it's going to hurt too much with still having him and more, and A.J. Uh, Green is back. So, uh, and I, 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 James Conner, obviously, is just something that they saw the last part of the season that they now know they have in the offense, and they can start to figure that out. So I think things are just moving in a positive direction for the offense as a whole. Yeah, and, and I will I can't begrudge you any of your Kyler points. I, I actually completely agree with everything you've said. I don't think that the DeAndre um, absence is is a killer by any means. And I still have Kyler at six. My only reason for putting him lower was to put the guy that I have at three higher. Um, I guess I can kind of jump the gun and just say it. I have Tom Brady at three on my list. And really, it's just at this point, he scored 386 points last season. So I don't know why we're expecting anything less out of, out of him. I mean, the offense is largely unchanged. Brady is, has been as consistent as they come as a top three, four, five quarterback year over year. And I'm just not taking him out of that anymore. I mean, you see Brady in these redraft leagues and he doesn't even get picked. And it's like, for what reason? If it's dynasty, we can have a conversation. But if we're going through the lens of redraft, I can't leave Brady on, on off my board any longer. I mean, it, it's becoming asinine to do so because then whoever scoops him off of the free agent heap at the end of the draft wins the league. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes it's great points with, with Tom Brady. I totally understand that. Um, and I guess that's how you have, you want to have it ranked out. Um, do you have any notes on Kyler Scotty before we move on? No, um, give me head up here. Hello. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, it, it's just, he was quarterback, I think one or two, the last two years for the first half of the season. And then it kind of just kind of falls there. But I think Craig, you said it even over a year ago, I think 2020 season. Kyler kind of fell off at the end, but he got you there. So if you're if he plays you for 12 weeks, 13 weeks, he's getting you to playoffs. It might suck if he doesn't play in there, but he gets you to the the, the gate, and then you hopefully have a decent backup option after that. But his rushing ability and just Marcus Brown there stretching the field, like again, his whole college teammate. And I can't knock Dows on putting Brady at three and not where I have him, which I actually might push him up. Like he was QB three last year, Tom Brady. So he could easily do it again. Yeah. 10 points behind Justin Herbert even. (laughs) Yeah. It it was fractional points per game. It it was insane, but that's my counter take there. Yeah. I think honestly, the next five quarterbacks are all in the the same tier. and, Mm -hmm. And our next one is Joe Burrow. And if, if there's anyone that I can see that realistically could make a run at one uh, towards the end of the season, I think it might be Joe Burrow. He's not going to get the rushing numbers, but he does have the exact same offense he had last year. And there's been so much change in the NFL. I feel like consistency is something not to take lightly. And that's why I have him at four. He has the same offense and he'll have more time to throw it to the same offense with a better line, which is huge, massive, massive. All right, Dallas, Dallas gives the thumbs up. So we move on to <laughs> Ditto. finally, this is the one that maybe people are going to be like, well, I, this doesn't make any sense. But Patrick Mahomes is five. Yeah, Terry I, I mean, that's that's it right there. Nailed it. I mean, he is due for a coming back to reality type season. And I think we've kind of already seen it. You saw his his stellar 2018 performance where he dropped 417 points. Um, Josh Allen beat that this year, by the way, but 417 points in 2018, 2019, he missed some games, scored 292, but 2020 scored 380 points. And then 2021, he scored 374. So we've seen him already coming back to reality. And if we project him around the same this year, he ends up in this general vicinity where we all have him. I mean, this three, four, five, six, seven range, I think is a very reasonable outcome to anticipate with Pat. And on top of that, you're talking about him replicating year over year stats and even regressing a bit already, but then he loses Tyreek Hill. 
and nobody on his team other than Juju Smith-Schuster, who has not performed well the last couple of seasons, has ever caught more than 90 balls. I mean, well, Travis Kelsey, but at the wide receiver position, they don't also have... Aging too. Yeah, exactly. They don't have the, the pedigree that they've had for years and years, and I think we're looking at a completely new-look offense. So yep. I don't know what to expect. I don't like not knowing, and for me, that bumps him down. Yeah, I think the whole offense takes a step down. MVS can't be someone that's going to be like him. Mikkel Hartman obviously I mean, he couldn't be before. So right, he's not going to be this year. the The only upside is like, all right, let's take a step back. The AFC has gotten so much better; they're going to, have to throw a lot more. But they've they they they've always had a weaker defense, so they they always had to you know have shootout games. They're going to, have to throw even more. So I mean, yeah, losing Terry's huge. I have a three again, knee jerk reaction ranking that's definitely going to go down and just hearing your points but and to be fair though i mean andy reed is an offensive genius and and i i don't love andy reed so i don't like to say that but he's very very good at creating a new scheme an entirely new offense year over year if he has to so if he can implement something he says you know what i'm sick of what they're doing to me they're playing these two high safeties i got rid of tyreek hill let's try something new for all I know, he can run an underneath passing attack like a Josh McDaniels Patriot style offense and figure out a way to dominate with it. So Good, yeah. there is upside. Patrick Mahomes has the talent. It's not a right. knock on his talent. It's a knock on his system in the league has already adjusted and he needs to oh, adjust yeah. again. He's he's a top. I'd still put him as the best quarterbacks go wise in the league. Sure. Just his mentality there, trying to be yeah. cute at the end of games. But exactly. Again, Getting cute, saw, taking too many chances. <laughs> Andy Reid go from Alex Smith to the next game to change the offensively to Patrick Mahomes like that. So that's going to two completely different quarterbacks and still dominating. Yeah. And and he's had Mike Vick before he's had, you know, um, Donovan McNabb, Donovan McNabb. Like he's, he's been able to do it with so many good quarterbacks. Um, Moving on to six is the aforementioned Tom Brady. There's not much to say about him. He's been in the league, what, 22 years. If you don't know about him or know what he can do with this offense, then honestly, and this is not much not much to talk about. If you go on like other sites, he's probably 13, 14. Maybe he's, he's a top 12 like every year. But what Dallas said, like, I'm going to drop this guy as a top seven quarterback every year until I see him fall off. If he falls off this year, whatever. I took the risk. It happened, but he's not going he, to play unless he's 100%. All right, number seven comes in Lamar, and I have the biggest discrepancy here, and this is why we pushed him. This is how he got pushed down. Dows, you have at four. Scott, you have at five. Let me explain why I have him at ten. Uh, what's that? I said, hold my mic, but hold my beer. Go on. It, it was a failed joke. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, so the glaring reason you'll think would be Marquise Brown leaving. That's a huge thing, right? That's not the only reason. I'm not just knee-jerking losing Marquise Brown. I went back and looked at his passing yards and rushing yards the last two seasons, and they have gone down dramatically. The league is figuring him out. His QBR, his MVP season, was 113. Last year, it was 87. He had 2,800 passing yards versus 3,100 passing yards as MVP season. Each yards per attempt has gone down every year. Touchdowns have gone down every year. Picks have gone up every year. His now rushing, his yards per attempt went from 6.9, 6.3, 5.8. Everything has gone down every single year, and now you take away his, his major weapon. That's why I can't have him in my top five or top six. I put him at 10. I like it. I mean, I don't like it, like, because, again, he has the wheels and he's always going to be great as a fantasy quarterback because he can run. But you're saying they're figuring the guy out. Did he get his extension yet? No, right? No. Which is scary because they brought back Huntley, who did the exact same thing, slightly better at the end of last season, too. Why would you give Lamar Jackson an extension when you have Chase Huntley there? That's what I mean. I I mean, I, I. I assume Lamar is a better quarterback than Huntley. Yeah, is. I Huntley I still expect him to stay with him, but right, I just but think that it's gonna be scary to give him fifty million dollars a year, which is gonna be the the deal. Come it could it could honestly turn into a real problem because he might say to them when they're trying to lowball him, "You took away my best weapon. What do you want me to do?" And it could be a problem. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree, but at the same time, he still has Mark Andrews. We've seen what he's done with him. He's operated at a high level for years, and you have Rashad Bateman, who I think they intend to use as in a much bigger role over the next uh, next season or so. So I'm not entirely concerned about the Marquise Brown aspect, even though I like seeing them connect with one another. Um, on top of that, I think all of your points make a ton of sense, Craig, but I think that he has developed as a passer just from watching him play and seeing how much better he is than year one. I mean, he puts the ball where he wants to put the ball more often than not, even on the run. So I have in my ranking of him being higher than you considerably, I think I had him at uh, four. Yeah. So I, I said, expect positive regression out of Lamar Jackson this year. He only played 12 games in 2021 before that season. He had never played less than 15. The entire team across the board was decimated by injury. They were running the ball with guys you'd never even heard of like Tyson Williams and, bunch of random other scrubs 16 passing touchdowns is 10 lower last season than any other season in which he was a full-time starter so if he can even get back to 26 touchdowns we're talking about a much higher finish than his qb 15 finish of this year which is really just outside the qb1 range in a 12 team league on top of that even further he was sixth overall in points per game at the quarterback position so i'm not again too worried He's got upside. I think bumping him from that six to four might be aggressive, but with Lamar, I tend to be aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. I mean, I, I, I made my point, so I won't go in further, even though I just got some more stuff. We'll, we'll fight on that maybe two more months from now. But <laughs> um, next one up, we have eight in the rankings is Jalen Hurts. Um, I have him pretty high and, uh, you know, everyone else is actually, you know, we talk about switch. I mean, we really could just flip between me and Dow's Lamar and Jalen Hurts, because that seems to be yeah. the theme between yeah. the two of us. Yeah. Every um, point that you made for Lamar, I'll just make right now for Jalen and then the inverse. <laughs> exactly. I think the biggest, obviously AJ Brown and then, it's you know, the rushing true. ability of, of uh, Jalen Hurts, um, you know, now that they have three wide receivers that I think that he can rely on. I mean, maybe not Rager, maybe not, but maybe <laughs> well, Rager's also been hurt the last two seasons. So God, you put it as right. a third option and then you get, Gainwell showed flashes last year, bring into his sophomore year with a full training camp with Hurts. Like it, it could be good. I mean, we didn't like him last year as a top shelf organization. I think I had him ranked as quarterback nine, and I was like, I, was like I don't want to, but it makes too much sense. Yeah. If can, like if he can run, if you're not top ten, then you're if you're a running quarterback, you shouldn't be playing in the NFL. Like he's gonna get his. He took probably like. 10 touchdowns away from Miles Sanders last year. And he's going to do the yeah. same thing again. Yeah, NFL yeah. perspective, he's not a great quarterback. Correct. Fantasy perspective, he'll All be that. a QB1, no doubt, 100%. That's why I had him at QB10. I have, I just had other guys I wanted to put ahead of him that I couldn't That's knock fair. out of he's that a position. QB1. Right. But he's yeah. a QB1. I would never have let him slip out of that territory because of exactly what you said. I mean, 10 touchdowns he took away from – I mean, easy, yeah, it, close in range. Not like he broke a forty yarder for all ten of these. Most of them from two yards. It was, it was the, was the crazy, craziest season for him last year. It was like every time it was twenty fantasy points, but it was, it was his had a hundred passing yeah. yards. It's like yeah. what the hell is going and, on? And you're watching against, especially the games where you played against him. You're like, nice. He has four points in the first half. Like we're good. Yeah. We're sitting pretty. I'm going to win this game. And he's uh, sixteen in the second. All right, here we go. He's got twenty on me. Great. I lost. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking Yahoo projections. <laughs> All right, n- number nine, Craig. Yeah, Russell Wilson. This is this is what I can see even rising up way ahead. I think it was just we just saw here. the names and then whatever. Um, yeah, we're all consistent on this one. Yeah. Um, eight or nine. And it it's gonna be interesting. He's on un- it's unknown, but he's Russell Wilson with just as good of a wide receiver core, I feel like, than he had last year. Um better coaching. Probably. I I wanted to make the point that he's now joining a team with a much better defense as well. So his offense should be on the field much more, which I think allows you to expect more of those Russell Wilson performances of yesteryear (laughs) when he was on the field nonstop with the seat when the Seahawks were a great defense and he finished top three routinely at the quarterback position. So I could see myself talking myself into a higher ranking for Russell Wilson as time goes on. But yeah, 
Very excited. New hope. Yeah. Very unknown right now until this is one of those until you dive deep. There's really not much to say. Right. Um, It's just how, how he fits in. Uh, So 10 is Dak. um, And that's lower than he has been in the past. Um, We're all pretty much right on, on par with this one as well. And I think losing Amari Cooper brings him down a little bit, but he still has a good wide receiver core to keep him into the top 10. Yeah. He just didn't show up last year in a lot of big spots where the Cowboys needed him. And he had Amari Cooper, who is obviously a, a fantastic talent. So this year, I need to see more of him, and I need to see more of him with less talent surrounding him. So it's a tough ask for Dak Prescott. Do I think he can do it? Sure, I, I still have him in my top 10. I mean, I'm not saying he's terrible, but last year we were talking about him possibly taking the number one overall quarterback spot, and that yeah, just I, never I came close board. to fruition. Yeah, Because it was like, all right, he, if he can run, he has the best – Offensive line, the best weapons, the Cooper, C. Lamb, even Cedric Wilson, Gallup, like. Yep. But I mean, I, I, I like Dak, but I think he's a way better fantasy quarterback than he's in real life. I mean, he's done nothing to prove me that he's worth <laughs> what he's getting paid at all. It, yep. In no, my yeah, mind, com- he, completely he's been a complete bust. I think since he's been in the league. But that's it's hard to hear. It's hard to hear because he's my boy, but. Um... Yeah, it was prior to he broke his foot ever since. Uh, I think it's just also a bad offense. Just I don't know how they have all the talent in the world and they just can't just put it together. Get, yeah, you, you have the best line for five years. Yeah. One of the best RBs for the last five years. Some of the best wide receivers for the last five years. Like you can't, again, right. it's it's probably coaching too. And, and, and I think it's coaching. Front office and having a bad defense. But yeah. Uh, number 11 uh is exactly 11 on all of our boards and that is our friend matthew stafford yeah um you know yeah friend of the program exactly i I, I wish he was yeah i mean uh who who was it uh i don't know why i can't think of him right now uh he was better than him in detroit wow Wow. yeah david blau but uh, but, yeah uh, i'll say this uh uh, Matthew Stafford on the on the Rams is best quarterback in the league. So, <laughs> not, not on the Lions at all. Yeah, I mean, great again. Like he he doesn't run. He doesn't have to. He's a very safe quarterback. One to get in late in drafts. Yeah, he's gonna be he's so so consistent. He's yeah, gonna be that way again next year. And he's, 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 him, he's not gonna get you the thirty five point things that these top eight guys are going to get you, but he'll get you 18 to 24 points a week. And yeah, you should, you can live with that. Yeah. The, the big thing with him going to LA last year was that he couldn't run the extended uh, play actions. And then he went to LA and ran them. No problem. So <laughs> better than anyone else. In the league that year. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. So, I mean, I, I think a, a couple of his struggles down the stretch with some uh, ill-advised passes that resulted in interceptions is what kept him from creeping any higher than a back end QB one for me. But adding a rub should help uh, even poor decision making kind of get bailed yeah. out. So I think eleven is is really honestly safe. I think eleven is probably his floor with probably an upside of six or seven. Agreed. All right, rounding out our top twelve um, is the insert anything you want to say about him, Deshaun Watson um, in Cleveland. Now it's 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 hard to ignore the talent. Um, but you guys can talk about it. Who knows how many games he's going to play? Um, I have negative things to say about him, but that's neither that's here nor there because it's fantasy journal. football. Right? I mean, he used to be a piece of shit, and now he's people not. He's change. in Cleveland. People can change. People can change. <laughs> um, I mean, let him hold the baby. <laughs> okay. Um. So I I haven't ranked the lowest. I have at fourteen. You guys have him at twelve. In my mindset, I'll probably if he's playing every single game, I'll probably have him as six or seven. But I just have an instinct that he's gonna at least miss four games, probably six. I think everyone's thinking and hearing at least six. I think Cleveland knows that too. Um, so I put him down two spots from twelve to fourteen. But if he misses six and comes back and plays as a top tier quarterback then i'll still drive him and home for six weeks yeah yeah i just i couldn't put him outside of qb1 since the last time we saw him play a full season he was like qb4 or five and an absolute ultra elite talent but like you said if he misses time 
he's not going to be up there with the guys who play a full season. So um, it's, it's tough to even put a rank on a guy like that with so many question marks, but I couldn't keep him outside of a top 12 with Amari Cooper, potentially still Will Fuller, who's on the table, uh, two great running backs, great offensive line, elite defense. I mean, he should be on the field running all over, throwing all over, scoring points left and right. So we'll see. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, so we are going to move over to running back now. Um, last note, though, on quarterbacks, you don't have to talk about it. Take away Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers is not a quarterback one. Um, so our running back one is Jonathan Taylor. Um, don't think that there's much to talk about. I think it's that pretty was, obvious. That was, yeah, I have stuff to talk about. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, you can, I mean, you can talk about it. We can talk about the two of them at the same time. Yeah. I mean, that, that's exactly it. If you don't have Jonathan Taylor, Derek you have Henry. Derek Henry as your number right. one. And th- that's really the only conversation to be had. Um, I still, I, again, I still have Derek Henry as my number one because the, king of running backs in the NFL was on pace again to dominate the league last year before he gets a foot injury in eight games. Right. He finished with over 175 uh, points and half PPR. If you extrapolate that over the entire season, that's over 350 points, even more, actually it's closer to three, eight, uh, 370, 380 with uh, the extra game there, but whatever, which again, if you have that many points, he would have dominated. It wouldn't have been close. I think JT scored like 330 something. So to, act like JT is just completely overtaken Derrick Henry just because Derrick Henry got hurt last year, I think is a little premature. That being said, JT's fucking fantastic. I don't think you're right. making a mistake. I think all you're seeing though is a little bit of latent um, dynasty bias leak into your redraft rankings. Cause I'd rather have JT in any dynasty format, but I Derrick Henry and redraft. I need all day long. Yeah. It's just the, uh, I think, receiving ability, too, for a lot of people. But Derrick Henry has started to at least show up for 30 receptions, something like that. Um, yeah, one, they're one, two. You can, you can argue either way, and I'm, and I'm not going to argue very hard because, yeah, <laughs> because mean, they're he, so good. You, you saw it last year, too, to start the season. Like, Derrick Henry was getting, like, I think the first three weeks he had, like, 17 targets. I'm like, dude, this guy's, like, leading the league in targets for yeah. RBs. Kind of slowed down a bit, but, like, yeah, I, I put JT one. I think it, it, if you had to pick one back, my favorite's Henry, but safest to build him around is probably JT. Just knock on wood, been no injury concerns since his early rookie season. Last year, just completely dominant. Matt Ryan's there. He's always like, he, he's a smart quarterback and you can do the same thing. Derek Henry, two for me. Yeah. I can so go, go, go to one, but I think we might as well stay as one, two back and forth with these two same tier tier one for us yes probably. yep um i mean we can go into the third one it's it's cmc does he fall out of tier one for you guys yes because of i mean i know we don't want to i didn't even injuries but i didn't even know how to rank him i didn't know how to rank him so i went well nah maybe just because of talent i have to put him at three like i don't even agree with I that. I don't even think that I would pick him at three if I had third pick. No, you would pick you pick Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson. Right. I would pick someone smarter than Christian McCaffrey. I, I, I'm not saying pick Christian McCaffrey as your third best running back. I just think if if I'm thinking about him being healthy or or even adding in a couple of games of risk in in an in injury, he's still super talented. He's still uber talented. You know, I, I, I it, it's hard. Um, there's really not much I can say he's confusing at this point. Yeah, he's he's uh, on the other side of the break for me just because I've been burned personally by Christian McCaffrey. And I think that that um, that bias kind of leaks into my ranking for him, which may or may not be fair. But I can't deal with the question mark every single week of if he's going to go, is he going to be back? Is he going to come back from a big injury? Is he going to blow his hamstring out again? Like I just, I can't deal with it. So I'm going with anybody else. I mean, there are probably, I have them ranked what at six. And even that I was like, I think I have to do it just because of talent. But if I'm actually faced with that decision, I think there might be nine to 10 guys I take before him because I just don't want to deal with it. Oh, why does he be there? Right, because like you're talking about a safe guy there. Yeah, you take the A and top six receivers there, but yeah. Oh yeah, if if we leak into uh, wide receivers, there might be 15, 20 guys I take before McCaffrey's off the board. Yeah, and we'll call that our next 
podcast too with receivers like how i'll drop i'll drop josh allen before christian mccaffrey yeah i don't think i don't think he's going early i don't think a lot of people are gung-ho to be like yeah i'm gonna take him uh even even in the beginning part of the second round i'd still feel like people are like ah really don't know if i want to do it because it's a huge waste of a pick we talked about you can lose your fantasy i've seen him ranked as rb1 but that's like early rankings like he was he's an rb1 like all right get the draft i'm give you first pick are you pick him one and one no they're gonna be like, no. oh well, well he's getting hurt like shit i fucked up yeah exactly um four uh and five we have Najee harris and austin eckler um i want to combine the two because i think my it was my fault my austin eckler fell down uh and i definitely have him ranked too low but um so harris we have at four we all pretty much agreed ish that he's at four, 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 and five were our rankings. Um, great offense that he's going to be a part of now without Ben Roethlisberger. They're going to be able to do a little bit more with Mitch Bisky at quarterback. And then uh, Austin Eckler is probably going to be able to come back um, and do about the same thing. I think I have him a little bit lower due to adding in Isaiah Spiller, maybe taking away some of those carries. Um, but that's how I feel about those two. Yeah, Eckler, I just my entire reasoning was I'm sick of being wrong on him. So I'm joining <laughs> joining the hype train. I'm gonna conduct the hype train this year. I put him at number three for myself. Um, but you that probably means you could pencil in his season ending ACL by like week two. But uh oh, don't say that. <laughs> and then um number four, Najee Harris. I mean, exactly what you said. The Steelers are really largely unchanged. If not, they're better with Trubisky slash Pickett or whoever ends up at quarterback instead of Ben Roethlisberger not even a knock on Ben. He was just a shell of himself for the last two or three seasons. So he was really dragging the team down more than anything else, but the Steelers drafted Najee to be a bell cow back. And that's exactly what he was. So no reason to change his role. I don't think either of the quarterbacks that could end up under center change anything for Najee. He's going to continue to run the ball a ton. He's going to do some receiving work and really he should be better than he was last year. So um, all that wraps into him being ranked where he is. Yep. Um, Eckler be healthy. He's he's a top three in my mind. Najee Harris. It's very hard to find a bell cow. Uh, all three down back. Harris is is, is feeding far between. There's a select few and could be a bad line again, but it didn't fucking matter. Yards per carry sucked, but it didn't matter. He was the offense. He was the goal line back. And I'll get right into in our sixth. RB Devin Cook. We talk about bell cow backs. That kind of pushed him back a bit because he's getting older. We they have Alexander Madison. If they're smart, which you saw last year, they took the work off of Devin Cook. I think he finishes RB twelve because he got hurt throughout the season. Like you have a, a, a superb backup in Madison. It's probably the best backup in the entire league. Cook's one of the greatest RBs we've seen in some time. But if you want to keep this guy healthy for the playoffs, which he's had not been part of because he's always hurt by the end of the year because he gave him 450 touches a game, a game, a season. Um, he's in a breakdown, but I still can't knock him. Uh, I've got to put him at six because he's so fucking talented. And he can catch the ball. Oh, 100%. And if they do play him right, he should have a better producing season based off of just... just don't give him 22 right. carries in Madison 2. Give him 15, Madison 10, and give him six targets a game. He's still a top five RB there. Yep. And yeah, if he, if he wouldn't team. break down. Yeah, exactly. If he wouldn't break down towards the end of seasons, he'd be a top five back every year. It's just, every it's, year. It's misuse. But thankfully, you have a new head coach, and maybe he will lean that direction. Like, let's keep this dude healthy. If that's, that's the case, that's what I want. That's the biggest thing that I think is – I'm very excited to see that because it has been – a shit show over there they've all it's they've they've like cycled through the same offensive coaches in the same scheme since um kubiak was over there um so all right next up we have uh mixon uh, another another bell cow great offense there's not much to say i mean he's he deserves to be within the top 10 um and last year i i can't remember but i think he finished top five so he had a really big bounce back year. I mean, Joe Mixon had killed a lot of people up until last season. So, yeah, especially. Yeah, he killed me repeatedly. <laughs> and then I said, I'm never drafting this guy again. And then last year, I ended up drafting him just because of how a few of my drafts <laughs> fell to me. And uh, 
he paid off. Yeah. He, uh, like you said, Greg, he was RB three scored 245 half PPR points. So pretty uh, good year. If you look at how close he was to some of the top guys, I mean, Eckler was 30 points ahead of him at two. So you could talk about a, a tier right there, but then he was 20 points ahead of Najee. So um, no reason to expect anything different out of him either. The Bengals offense, if anything is better with a better offensive line. Yep. So, I mean, to even have them as low as we do at seven, which is, you know, kind of preposterous to say seven yeah, is I mean, low. That's probably right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think I had them right in that ballpark. We, I mean, it's, we have them six, seven, eight. It's a, there's yeah, really not six, seven, eight. So here. yeah, it's just, it's so hard to put him ahead of those other guys when we've seen what the other guys can do. Mixon's good for like those 15, 20 points a game consistently, but the other guys give you those pops of like a 40 pointer out of nowhere. And you're like, Oh, sweet. Let's go. So I kind of I just noticed some uh, something pretty interesting here based off of how we had everything ranked. There's a massive tier break because after Joe Mixon, we had the average of seven ranked seven. And that was seven. Then it goes 9.6 average, 10, 10.3, 10.6. So these next four guys, I'm going to lump all in one because we're all within one point. Sure. Alvin Kamara at eight, Leonard Fournette at nine. Aaron Jones at 10 and James Conner at 11. So there's a, there's a massive tier jump. And then there's these, are they, or aren't they bell cow backs? Right. Um, so start with Alvin Kamara. Uh, they bring in Mark Ingram last year. Um, and, and it started to seem a little, little kind of scary ish with Alvin Kamara. Um, he's hasn't been that, that, amazing running back that we've seen since his first year um no is this passed the mic to us yeah i mean oh, okay, I, okay. it no, is no, no, i i didn't know i didn't know if no, you had an answer uh, no um i mean i i probably ranked too low i had met 12 this is again knee-jerk reaction rankings is going to be put higher but since your has been gone it's it, it's i mean he's had some great games but it's been like Morgan Aaron Jones kind of thing. Like he has a great games and then has very dud games. If he didn't have his six touchdown game two years ago to in the finals, I think we'd be lo- looking at Kamara a little differently. That won a lot of people a lot of money. So they're always going to pistol the guy in as a, as a top six, seven back in fantasy, where in reality, it's like, all right, Winston starting. Can you get, get him the ball? Sure, maybe. How long is Winston going to play? Is he going to be ready week one? His biggest thing, there's a QB carousel been going on there for the last two seasons. It's been a fucking yep. headache. Right, um, and, and to and go along with the carousel, it's Taysom Hill, who is part of that carousel. Part of yep. yep. L- lucky not anymore, but if not, yeah. it, Ian Book, it's the same fucking person as Taysom Hill. Yeah, right. That, yeah. Maybe Drew Brees, then, then he goes up. But yeah, well, To uh, me, though, you, you yeah, can't have Kamara you can't have Kamara outside of your top 10 based on what no. we know he can do. Mark right. Ingram there, if anything should help him. I mean, you saw what they did as the thunder and lightning crew before, and they were, yeah, but that was, right. I mean, years that ago, was but, four, well, three, four years ago. But also there, you need to recognize that Alvin Kamara played last year on a torn to bits knee. And he played the yeah. whole season, like a tough son of a bitch and had major off season right. surgery. So and for a guy like he is Mark Ingram there as a backup, Love Mark Ingram, but he's probably the 25th best backup running back on his, in the NFL. So it's like he, you don't have a fucking legit guy there that can, you know, steal some work. And like, it's Mark Ingram. Like, all right, he's used to the offense. Not anymore. If Sean Payton's gone, like, he might yeah. be a cut. He's probably going to be cut. He won't be on the team. I don't think he will be. So he is the best option because he's no one really behind him. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's not not a bell cow, and for them it's good because they don't they've never used him as that. So I, I mean, I have a twelve. That's way too low. Um. All right. So the next three, we'll pick one each. Um. I have. Uh, so we have Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, James Conner. Uh, my highest of those three is Aaron Jones, and so I'll talk about him. I know that um I, I I'm a little like a ways away, notably higher. And I think it's going to be 
a, a massive increase for that running game now without Devonta Adams there. There's a reason Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has fallen out of the, the QB1 territory, and I feel like both him and A.J. Dillon should be leaned on more. Um, and realistically, they had loaded up more on defense. So I think it's just the right style of play, and I think that that's going to be obviously bode well more for fantasy, and that's why I have them the ranked what I do. Yeah, and I kind of went the other direction with the same with the same fact, right? So uh, the absence of Devonta Adams, I took as a negative for Aaron Jones. No weapons on a team is not always a good thing for running backs. And though opportunity typically is king, if a defense needs to take away one person, and that's Aaron Jones for, for Green Bay right now. So if that becomes the case and nobody else can step up and contribute on that offense, I'm worried about Aaron Jones's production. And I'm worried that you see more of a between the running back or between the tackles running style out of the team where A.J. Dillon will cut into his role even more. Now, I think he's still good for those 40-point games. He'll probably have one or two of them, but I think he's going to be a candidate that lays you a goose egg, well, close to it, you know, a five- to seven-point game, which really, really hurts you from a fantasy perspective. So I dropped him down a bit in mine, uh, mostly just because I wanted to get other guys ahead of him who I don't think pose such a risk. Okay. But I'm also um, part of the Aaron Jones, like, hate club, so I'm, and I'm wrong on him every year. So Aaron Jones. So – Craig, love these three guys. And so I'll pick my highest rank. It's Fournette lands at our RB9. I have him at seven. I just think the Bucks brought him back. He was RB, what, six, seven last season. Yep. Ronald Jones is gone. Gio's there. Vaughn's still there. Who cares? They brought in Rashad White as a pass catching back. Godwin could not be ready for the start of the year. They're going to do the same thing they did last year. Why not? Like, he should be top 10 in every single league, I think. So that's why I have him ranked at, at seven because it, it's the same thing. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. It's, it's, it's weird to think, but he's back um, from where he was year one. Um, yep, so we did say James kind of was 11 rounding out our top 12 is Nick Chubb. Um, I'm pretty low on him due to knee jerk adding in Deshaun Watson. I think it's going to be a little bit different because they don't have an incompetent, sorry, Baker uh, quarterback. And I think that there's going to be more work that Watson's going to take away from Nick Chubb. Um, so that's how I feel there. Okay. Yeah. And again, I went the other way. I think having a competent quarterback opens things up, having receiving weapons, open things up for Nick Chubb to dominate on the ground. And you won't see uh, Kareem Hunt, cutting into his his workload quite as much but flip of a coin you know it could go either way uh 13 we have deandre swift kind of like a mainstay cusp rb1 rb2 guy um who knows what's going to happen in detroit now that they've added so many wide receivers um but swift is a great running back and he deserves to be where he is yeah i think 13 is fair i've seen a lot of rings like at, as a top 10 like even like eight or nine I can't put him as a top 12 yet. I can't do it because he's still with Jamal there. And like Craig said, a lot of pass catchers there. Guy can't stay healthy either. If he gets a, a workload, I just can't put him as a top 12. Like, I can't do it. Yeah, it would be nice to see him complete a whole campaign healthy. Yeah, that too. That too. It's, it's hard until you see him do it. Um, 14 is Zeke. Big fall off a cliff, honestly, the last two seasons. And I know, yeah, I know, Dows, you have him a lot higher. So you can, you can, you can say it. Uh, you can talk more if you want. I, I just, I don't know what to do with them. And, and I feel, I feel like 18 is too low. And that's where I have them. But it's just been I mean, I a head scratcher at 17. So Dows, you can take him at 10. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have him at 10. I don't know why everybody knocks him so hard. I know that Tony Pollard came on a bit, looked impressive in a limited role, but Zeke may have struggled at times. He still finished as RB six last year with 205 points. So I think a lot of Zeke's struggles are just because people have a certain expectation of him finishing as a top three running back. And it's just not what he's been the last few years because I mean, he's seen some wear and tear on his body. And the Cowboys use him a lot. The Cowboys also throw the ball a lot, but he's finishing RB six. And if you watch the Cowboys play, you see him on the field almost nonstop, even in situations where he's not running the ball because he's such a good pass blocker. And for me, just being on the field and opportunity being so important in the NFL, 
if you have a play where they had a pass called and they audible into a um, into something else where the ball is going to go into Zeke's hands, that's fantastic. But I wanted to say one more point too about him is he had a hell of a season very quietly, but everybody was over jerking off Cordell Patterson, even though Cordell Patterson scored 23 points less than him and was RB 13. I think a lot of people are like, Oh, Zeke sucks. Cordero was great. Draft him ahead. It's like, dude, Zeke's still a stud in this league. I think everybody's trying to get a little bit too cute. And then on top of all of that, he played 17. Yeah. And he played the back half of the season with a torn PCL that he had off season surgery on. So he played a full season on one knee and finish RB six and we're going to knock him to anything outside an RB one. I think that's overreactionary. RB 14 points per game. That's where I go by, but that's where I have, but we haven't 14. I just think the clip's going to get, I know, yeah, you, I know you always go by points per game, but for me, availability is so key that if he's fair, on the fair. field for 17 or 18 games, I want to count that over the guys who played 12 and scored, but not for an RB one, which I guess you didn't draft him as RB one. Last year, right? You probably draft him. Well, maybe a back end RB one, but right. And again, if I have his, what do you say, fourteen points a game? If I have that week seven, thirteen point four points a game. If I have that week sixteen, seventeen in my playoffs, yeah, the guy who wasn't available because he was hurt, I'm like, fuck. Great, I had Dalvin. I had Dalvin Cook, and he crushed it, and then he wasn't available to win. It it is funny all your points because of everything we saw last year, and how like you were limping in with one one running back into the playoffs, and and you have the one guy that helped you through the entire season, and and you 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 saw it. Every team had a huge issue at running back, and then we knocked the one guy that was actually available. Actually played every game. (laughs) Played every game. So this is a good. This is a good. Um, test yeah. an exercise to see or, where you're going to get good value and it's because it's funny to see the changes in or the differences in philosophy between even just me and scott or me and me and you because we've all won championships and we all won championships last year so like it, it's crazy that we I mean, can all have yeah. three different approaches and still win yeah yeah but yeah this is, you can highlight good value so uh running back 15 javante williams I don't remember what his ADP was last year, but I feel like as RB15 is a hike, um, way up. Uh, I would would guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's probably 26, and Gordon was probably 25. They were like back-to-back. Yeah. But either way, he's obviously a good running back. Addition of um, a a competent quarterback with a – a bunch of uh, pieces around it. Um, while that seems a little bit of a different uh, or the same thought I had with Nick Chubb, I just feel like it's just going to work smoother, you know, with, with Denver. Um, maybe I have to reconsider, but it just, that's how it seems. I don't know if you guys want to talk more on him or keep going. Keep going. Saquon falls all the way to 16 and this just feels right. This now just finally feels right. It, it, you, you can't, you can't get injured every single season. Expect, you know, it. I have him at thirteen, and I think that was only because I'm like, well, if I'm going to rank Christian McCaffrey at three, then I have to at least have Saquon higher. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just, it's, 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 me too. yeah, it's, it's like all, it's all name at this point, really, because we we make. I think I even make an excuse for him to say he gets hurt and then he doesn't score points. He played fourteen games last year. Oh, yeah, uh, he, he scored 107 points. Yeah, he, he really did didn't bad. miss time. He just sucked. Devontae Booker was the best running back on the team. Yeah, that's that what was was eye opening and why and he's it, six and they cut him right away. Yeah, and yep. and that could Booker, be indicative like, of the Giants' offense as a whole yeah. not really getting going. I think if he had a little bit more help, I think adding uh, Ike Mcwonu is going to be fantastic for that team as a whole. Or wait, no, they didn't add him. They added the uh, the other one. What's his name? Neil. Neil. Yeah, yeah Evan Neil. So. Um, either way, fantastic addition for the team should help Saquon should help the whole offense, but I'm not ranking him high because they drafted an offensive lineman. We've seen this. We've, we've played this story out before and Saquon just couldn't get it going. And now, I mean, the rumors are even out there that they're shopping him. So I'm not putting the guy any higher than 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 until I know more about him. And I guess that's a tough way to do rankings because we have to do it before he's on the field, but it, this, this just sucks. I mean, I, I love as a Penn State product, as a Penn State fan, it's you, he may go down as one of the biggest bust at running backs next to Trent Richardson, and it's just hard to swallow. Yeah, I mean, at um, least he had the one good season. <laughs> yeah, RB seventeen, yeah. David Montgomery. Um, I have him the highest. I think it's just 
solely because they have nothing else in Chicago. Um, and David Montgomery has, you've been able to see that he's still consistently a top um, half RB two uh, when, uh, when even with, there's nothing else there in Chicago. So I just, I just see the same thing happening again. Um, yeah. I'm upset. I have them this low. Um, I apologize. No, I mean, it, I think it's fair. I mean, I, this is a guy who has the easiest schedule of all time the last four weeks yeah, that's every single fucking year. And on paper this year, he's going into his season as the easiest schedule for any running back on in, in so, <laughs> so he is, good he, for him. He has it made and he does it a lot at the end of the year, which is fine. But Chicago is going to be the worst team of all time. Not of all time, that's a little up there. Yeah, they I should think, win a couple uh, games. But. I think they're the worst team in the NFL by far. Um, so there's not a lot of running opportunity. I know he's a pass catcher too, but it just depends if it, if they end up having the easiest schedule for this six year in a row, the last four weeks. Then sure, yeah, he will go from RB twenty to RB eight again, like it happens every year. But I just can't rank him projecting that. Yeah. And yep. He, but he will be like an RB too. That's just like what he is. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, so he's safe. Right. He's safe. Exactly. He's, he's, he's the, I'll say the next four, not safe, not safe no. running backs no. went through again. We have them all separated by a point. JK Dobbins, super not, not safe. Don't know what the hell happened there. Damian Harris got a lot of people breathing down his deck. Travis Etienne. This, this, he hasn't taken an NFL snap yet. Josh Jacobs. Again, more people breathing down his neck. Like all four of these guys are not safe, um, but they are talented and are RB twos at their best day. Yeah, I did not rank J.K. Dobbins too, right? just because I don't know if he's going to be ready for the beginning of the season, so I didn't want him to skew my numbers, and I just I skipped right over him. But everybody else, I mean, you're dead on. These guys could be RB ones or could not be on the team. <laughs> like, wouldn't be surprised by either one. I mean, I have David Harris ranked by far the lowest. I just think I there's a there's a bunch of regression. You can't just score all those TDs out of nowhere. Like he's, you saw him run. He had some spurts, but he's so touchdown dependent. He's not going to do it again, especially with Ramondre Stevenson, especially with bringing back James White and drafting Pierre Strong, drafting the other guy. Like like there's so many guys there. And he's not on the team next year, so why not? So why use them? Like they're not going to sign him. There's zero yeah. percent chance he's Look, gone. They drafted two more running backs. Yeah, so, so. It's, a, it's a Stevenson show, I think, this year with him. I'm not going to draft any Pats. RB and as as a Patriots fan, I don't hate it either. Like no, I love the, Stevenson's a great running back. It's very very smart. I think Stevenson. I mean, I'll rank him a lot higher. I probably put Damon lower than 26 to be honest. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the problem with Stevenson is that we've already seen if he fumbles the ball, he will end up in Belichick's yeah. doghouse, in which case Damian Harris gets right back on the field. But um, I'm not so concerned about a lack of usage as I am about what you said about the lack of touchdown production, because I don't think that that's replicatable, but I think he'll be on the field a lot. And I, I do think even in the last year of Sony's contract, we saw him used a ton. I mean, before they tried to ship him out of town and, and whatnot, he was a feature back. He looked like he was going to be the back of the season. And then they moved him quickly and effectively. So yeah, sure. I don't yeah. think, I don't think the Belichick tree is shy on uh, using and abusing a running back before you and, trade him. It's kind of just, yeah, it's kind of just milking everything you can get out of him. Yeah. Um, but no, there, I, I would agree. I don't think there's a high percentage chance that Damian Harris is back in, in New England, unless he takes a huge pay cut, which he won't, or he shouldn't. And, and, the and, and won't pay a running back, which they shouldn't in the NFL. So. And both of your points are so agreeable. It's not, I mean, they're opposing opinions and there's merit to both. And that's just where yeah, we are like, with the, why you not know, run the guy into the ground and then throw him overboard next year. It, it's and, it's, and it's that crazy. Could, yeah. And that could be and part of the, the, the approach that limits him, right? They, they torch him for six weeks. They trade him at right before the deadline. He ends up on a team where he's a, a, a by committee back. And barely sees the but field. But no one trades a lead running back in the NFL, and besides Trent and Clinton Porras, that that's the only two. Yeah. Um. So in that same category, we we didn't talk much about J.K. Dobbins, but 
um, was going to light the world on fire last year and then had that injury. Travis Etienne was going to light the world on fire, then had a, that injury. That's why they're here. They could be RB1s, but we don't know. Josh Jacobs, we did actually have ranked fairly closely, um, but he's that back-end RB2 now. That's just and the way that that offense is going to go. Option, so. But he, again, he's a safe RB2. Right. Like, if you want to be like, all right, I have an RB1. I have JT. You want an RB2 that's going to give you 10 to 15 points a game? That's Jacobs. Yep. And then, Ned, uh, unless, Dabs, you want to talk about any of the other ones before we move on? Not really. Um, keep going. Cam Akers, number 22. Um this could be the same thing. I honestly could have lumped him in there too. Like yeah, we, we yeah, don't know exactly what's going on there. Um, he was horrific last year when he came well, back. Yeah, he wasn't that great. I mean, he rushed it back. I don't. I don't exactly know what the the whole story was on it, but but he is a talented running back that could potentially be um, useful. That's why he's a back end RB two for us. He's also won the best team in the league. So exactly. Like that that should only help. Sona Michelle's gone. Dale Henderson's there. He's always injury prone. So, and then um, again, these next two are pretty similar-ish on the same, and that's Elijah Mitchell at twenty-three, and Antonio Gibson at twenty-four. Um, yeah, I, I, there's uh, no Raheem Mostert now for San Francisco. There's no uh, McKinnon. I don't know if he was there at that point last year. Um, I mean, Jeff Wilson's still there. Trey Sermon's still there, but Elijah Mitchell's got the backfield, and I mean, he's a fine running back. He, he had for weeks, he was, you know, an RB1. But then there was points that he was starting to fall off, starting to show some wear and tear. Yeah, but uh, running 25 times a game, like just give him 15 touches. Yeah. That's all he needs. That's all he needs. Yeah. Don't, don't get him hurt. But, um, yeah. but yeah, that's why he's 23. And then Antonio Gibson, 24. Um, I think they brought Maybe in. I'm worried. Yeah, Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson. Yeah, they, they brought, brought in Brian Robinson. McKissick. Yeah, yeah, I'm very worried about Gibson's um, maintaining of, of his yeah. finish from last year. I mean, even I think I have him at 21, and I think that might even be aggressive with what we've seen McKissick do, with what we've seen Brian Robinson do in college. I think that both of those guys could limit his his yeah. ceiling and what we've seen his shins do to himself. So, um, yeah, shin injury all year, and Carson yeah. doesn't pass to the running back either. Like, like, oh, like that's yeah. Look at Hines last year. What, what a fucking massive drop off from Philip Rivers going to Carson Woods. And I know JT can catch passes too, but like, yeah, like JT did fine because he was the entire offense. But Carson Wentz doesn't pass to the running back. So by McKissick, by any shares of Antonio Gibson getting fifty plus targets a year, like right, that's out the window. Honestly, I'm looking at this. And this is the, so that's our last one in the RB2 category. And there, you could make a case for a couple of the names that I'll just rattle them off. There's a couple of names that you could actually see get into that RB2 category. Um, but my point is, and I'll make it after this is, uh, so next we have Brees Hall, 25, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, AJ Dillon, Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, Cordell Patterson, Tony Pollard, Chase Edmonds, Michael Carter, Ken Walker, uh, Devin Singletary, Melvin Gordon. Those are all the RB3s. But my point is, honestly, you go to like running back 15, 16, 17, and then it's like, whoa, man, it gets it gets difficult. So this is another year where you do not want to miss out on running backs early. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think that too, but then it's like, if I'm, I'd rather just get the wide receivers early and then take a guy like Ramondre Stevenson at 37. Well, yeah, like, I mean, well, it, yeah, it all, sure. It yeah. boils down to your, I mean, your tier breaks, yeah. however you have Yeah, your set. tier breaks, right. but that but I mean, RB2 lot, category is kind of tough. But if I can grab Chris Carson where we have him at 45, I'm not upset. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, these are going to train change like crazy, but this is a great exercise because, like, right now I'm like, yeah, you're right. This guy's definitely higher. This guy's definitely lower. Like, I just did it like... Oh, yeah, you get to tweak it a million times. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, it's a very exciting part of the year because, again, like, players can be cut. There are still receivers out there that, that can be signed. Like, we'll get to receivers and tight ends our next podcast, which I'm very excited about. The receivers are, like, those rings are going to be so fucking different. Oh, yeah. 
it they always are, and that's because there's a thing sh- to talk about. The, the wide receiver shift in the NFL this year. There's was 55 wide receivers. There's 55 wide for twos, and then 85 wide for threes. <laughs> Literally, crazy. <laughs> so funny. All right, boys. I think that'll do it. All right. Yeah, I think that's about it. All right, cool. Um, thank you for listening again. Once once again, this was a great exercise. Um, we will go ahead and yes, we will do the wide receivers and tight ends in podcast two hundred coming up, which is which is fun. Um, so that that'll do it. This is at Top Shelf Fantasy. Go to at topshelffantasy.com or at Top Shelf FNTSY on the socials. Stay fluid. Stay loose. Top Shelf Fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay Thank you.